sharing the sounds of Memphis, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, marking our 20th year of broadcast. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation. AutoZone, parts are just part of what we do. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we have rock and roll outfit, Low Cut Connie. Songwriter, guitarist, and band leader extraordinaire, John Paul Keith will also join us to guide us through another installment of his Made in Memphis series. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. This week on the program, we've got Low Cut Connie. Low Cut Connie is a straight up rock and roll band. They're kind of on fire on today's set. In the modern world, where music is recorded to computers and edited and copied and pasted, there's stuff out there that passes as rock, but very little that captures that spirit, the fire, the original intent of the founding fathers, Sam Phillips, Dewey Phillips, Ike Turner, Jerry Lee, and so on. And that is why these guys have been getting a lot of attention. They do it on record, and their live shows are just something to behold. It comes as no surprise there's a lot of Memphis in their DNA. Low-cut Connie frontman Adam Wiener spent a formative period of his life here in Memphis. He spent time in the local dives and on Beale Street absorbing the ethos and studying the history. And I'm just going to leave it there, and I hope that our listeners stay tuned for the interview with Adam later in the show. I'll just let him expand on that in his own words when we talk to him, because he has some very interesting insights. Low Cut Connie's new album, Hi Honey, is out and hits the shelves in the UK on Friday, November 13th. So heads up to our European audience. It's a brilliantly produced time warp of a masterpiece, guaranteed to inspire, offend, and make your hip shake. Here's Low Cut Connie live on Bill Street Caravan. Casino, and we'll never. 
You're talking about success. I'm talking about happiness. You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan, celebrating our 20th year of broadcast. Here's more from Low Cut Connie, live on Beale Street Caravan. Give it up for Dan Finnamore. Thank you.
Thank you. Yeah, Thank you so much. We're going to do a song off our second record. This song's called Sister Mary. It's not going to make it on the radio because there's loads of fucking comedy. This song's called Sister Mary anyway.
That was Low Cut Connie live on Beale Street Caravan. Yo, For more information on the band and their new release, Hi Honey, head over to lowcutconnie.com. We'll be back with more music from the guys, and we'll be talking with frontman Adam Weiner in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. Right now, we're going to turn it over to Memphis songwriter, guitarist, and band leader extraordinaire, John Paul Keith. John Paul Keith is going to lead us through another installment of Made in Memphis. It's an insider's look at the stories behind some of the greatest hits in Memphis music history. Here's John Paul. Hi, this is John Paul Keith with another installment of Made in Memphis. Each week, we take a look at a song most people probably know, but don't know was recorded here in the Bluff City. A few weeks back, we told you about Stevie Ray Vaughan's song, The House is Rockin', and how it was cut at Kiva Studios. Well, SRV was not the only guitar player in his family to venture out of Austin and into a Memphis studio. Brother Jimmy Vaughn had climbed the charts with his blues rock band, The Fabulous Thunderbirds, and in 1988, they cut a tune at Ardent Studios that would go on to be the title track of their seventh album, Powerful Stuff. The Fabulous Thunderbirds broke out of the rich Austin blues and roots rock scene of the 1970s and were unlikely candidates for pop success. Although fronted by lead singer and harmonica man Kim Wilson, it was Vaughn's swaggering blues guitar playing and greaser image that gave the band much of its appeal. The Thunderbirds carved out a niche for themselves in the often overproduced 80s with their lean bar band sound. And in 1986, they had the biggest hit of their career with Tough Enough, which reached number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. The following album, the Dave Edmonds produced Hot Number, failed to produce a follow-up hit. So for their next record, they looked to producer Terry Manning and the legendary Memphis recording studio, Ardent. I got a call from my manager back whatever year that was, and uh, he said, would you like to do one song for a movie? It was great to have a chance to work with the fabulous Thunderbirds, of course, who I really loved. So we did go into Studio B at Ardent. We did record it, and it did extremely well. Uh, because of that, uh, the, the Thunderbirds enjoyed working with me, and I certainly enjoyed working with them. So. We ended up doing the whole next album together, which was also called Powerful Stuff, and included that song. Starting out in his parents' garage, John Fry opened Ardent Studios in 1966 and eventually settled in its current location on Madison Avenue in 1971. After a disappointing lack of success in the 70s with three albums from alternative rock cult icons Big Star, featuring Alex Chilton, whose earlier band The Box Tops we talked about a couple weeks ago, Ardent eventually went on to tremendous success and became a hit-making studio for acts like ZZ Top, R.E.M., and countless others. Terry Manning had been a producer and engineer at Ardent since the early days and was enlisted by the Thunderbirds in 1988 to get them back on the charts. Powerful Stuff turned out to be the tune that went on to do the trick. Co-written by Nashville songwriter and producer R.S. Field, it just so happens R.S. is an old friend of mine, so I asked him about it. It started out I was just trying to concentrate on writing songs and I was starting to produce records and I was just, just had that riff, powerful stuff, and I was so proud of it, you know, it was like, I can't believe I made up a guitar riff. And uh, so I just kicked around with it and then I would just kind of get into one of my zones where, you know, my favorites were for that sort of alliterative type of lyrics was like, you know, Chuck Berry and... Willie Dixon and even Mose Allison, you know, that kind of thing where you don't have to hold any notes out very long and you just kind of rattle stuff off. And so I came up with basically all of the song except for the title, Powerful Stuff. I just had some sort of a slug line that wasn't great. 
And uh, then somehow it got to Disney, and Disney was doing the cocktail soundtrack. And it ended up the T-Birds did it, and I was glad because I love the T-Birds. I love the first album, the first three. And uh, and then they said they were going to get uh, you know Terry to do it, to produce it. So that was kind of the Memphis connection, you know? Highlighting Vaughn's growling guitar riffs, Powerful Stuff not only became the title track to the album, it was featured on the soundtrack to the Tom Cruise blockbuster Cocktail, which sold over 12 million copies worldwide and helped propel the single to number 65 on the Billboard Top 100, where it spent seven weeks. Despite the band's return to form, Jimmy Vaughn left the Thunderbirds in 1989 to pursue a duo with Stevie Ray, and the fabulous Thunderbirds never recovered their place at the top. In 1990, Stevie Ray Vaughn died in a helicopter crash. He and Jimmy had just released their only album together, Family Style, another record that was, you guessed it, made in Memphis. For Beale Street Caravan, this is John Paul Keith. Thanks for listening. We want to remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. You can also keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's a lot more music to come. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and we've got Low Cut Connie on the program with us, and we're just about to get back to the music. But before that, Kevin had a chance to sit down with frontman Adam Weiner, and he talks a little bit about his time in Memphis and the influence that that had on the band. Adam, thank you for coming on the program. What a pleasure. Thank you for having me, man. How are you? I'm good. You know, you're no stranger to Bill Street Caravan, and, and we'll have the big reveal in a few minutes. But, you know, Bill Street Caravan specializes in unscripted, live, spontaneous performances. It's um, kind of what sets our program apart on public radio. We don't have our own theater. We don't have, like, a base of operations. We go into the dives and the juke joints, and, you know, we try to capture that magic. I kind of feel like Bill Street Caravan and Lokut Connie are kind of perfect for each other. <laughs> the L.A. Weekly— I think so. Yeah. I read a great quote in the L.A. Weekly about y'all. It said— their ferocious live show is unmatched in all of rock and roll right now. How do you respond to that? And what did you do at that show that this writer witnessed? 
to get that sort of praise? Well, um, there's been so many shows since then. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what we did there specifically, <laughs> but we did in L.A. what we do everywhere we go, which is that we try to just blow people's minds and turn them on and just really inspire and titillate and uh, confuse people, you know. We've had a lot of, you know, high-energy shows in the past year, like with the Oblivions, Tap Falco, Jeff Evans, yeah. you know, people you probably are friends with. Um, but this show takes the cake. This is, the, I think, I'm pretty sure that this episode is blowing out some people's radios. I hope so. I mean, that is the intention. And, and everyone you just mentioned are heroes of ours. And in the case of the Oblivions, good friends of ours. How do you go about capturing that intensity, that live energy in your studio efforts? Because you do. Well, you just try and recreate the live setup as much as possible. And a lot of studio environments put up a lot of obstacles to getting a live setup, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of working in the right space and with the right people that have seen you live and know what you do live so that you can just try and document that and recreate it. Well, I know I've been reading about your records for the past few years. Uh, people just love them, including Barack Obama. Yeah, he, he's a fan. He's a fan. Who knew? Um, he listed y'all on his summer playlist on Spotify just a few months ago. Yeah. So when you're getting this sort of praise, I mean, like, what do you do next? What's amazing is a lot of people have asked me, well, when you get the president of the United States telling people that he's a fan of yours and blasting your song out to the world, you know, does that change your life? Does that change your career entirely? And the answer is no. You know, at the end of the day, what that endorsement from the president did, more than anything tangible like money or bookings or any kind of that career BS, it just put some wind in our sails, you know? Yeah. It just was like a pat on the back saying, keep going, kiddo. You're doing good. And here's here's the big reveal. I'm surprised. I wasn't aware of this up until um, a couple of weeks before your show. Adam, you spent some time in Memphis during a period of your life in college, and you were an intern for Beale Street Caravan. That is correct. I can't tell you how amazing it is all these years later to be on the show and just reconnect with you guys. I mean, I was a student at the University of Memphis in 2001. I was studying with a really great mentor and friend of mine, Dr. David Evans. Yeah. For those that don't know, is a, is a really amazing, um, what they call ethnomusicologist, you know, blues and Memphis music expert and scholar there. And I just wanted to spend time with him and steal all his records. I mean, listen to all his records. And um, there was also a piano player who was playing in Memphis at that time named Mose Vincent. Yes. And he had played on Sun Studios early, you know, pre-Elvis Sun Studios recordings, piano. You know, one of those session guys that played on Howlin' Wolf and, and other kind of pre-Elvis Sam Phillips productions. Mm -hmm. And he was playing a weekly gig at the Center for Southern Folklore in Memphis downtown. I used to check him out every week, and that kind of blew my mind. And, you know, I learned a lot about how to play the piano from watching that guy. And uh, in the midst of all this, um, I met Sid Selvage, the late great, uh, who brought me on as an intern. 
and um, I would come into your office there, and I don't know what it is about Memphis, but I'm just like allergic to a lot of things. I'm from New Jersey, and we, you know, mm-hmm. people like me tend to be allergic to things. <laughs> so I used to come into the Beale Street Caravan office with like two boxes of tissues and boxes of Sudafed and uh, Benadryl, and everybody would look at me like I was crazy, and I would sit there all day. Uh, cataloging and listening to the interviews that you guys were doing. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to like a three or four hour interview with Sam Phillips. Um, yeah. It, it, amongst so many other people and getting to hear all the unedited tapes and live performances, some that got used on the show, some that did not. And um, that was like an education unto itself. And uh, it was just an amazing experience. And Sid was just an amazing guy to work for despite the fact that I was the weird snotty-nosed kid <laughs> working there. Did you play around town in bands when you were here? No, not really. I, I was young and, and still kind of in an absorbing music phase. It was kind of a wild period of time for me in Memphis. I feel like it's been a major influence on my music and just my approach to playing shows over these years. Mm-hmm. But I think as we kind of demonstrate in our shows as you retain your cool but project your energy out to people they get excitable if you know what I mean yeah you put the energy goes outward you keep a lid on it with yourself but you project that energy out and that energy goes out to the audience and they go nuts you don't necessarily need to jump up and down and go crazy and, and smash your guitar and, and, you know, all that. There's a way of kind of like pushing that energy out to people and then they go nuts. And I've, I've seen that in a lot of Memphis music, you know, mm-hmm. very native to that city. What's next for Low Cut Connie? Well, we've got um, our big kind of homecoming shows here at the end of the year in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. We've got a few dates, and then we're going on a little rest and recoup situation for a couple months before we do a huge cross-U.S. tour, February, March, April, that I hope will bring us back through Tennessee. Cool. And uh, hopefully make a new record next year. Well, Adam, thanks again for being on the program. It's it's so cool to have you know a previous Bill Street Caravan intern and fellow you know Memphis music lover <laughs> back with us. Absolutely, man, and and I appreciate you for having us, and I can't wait to hear the show. Here's more music from Low Cut Connie live on Bill Street Caravan. Memphis, I want to introduce you to Chandra. This is Chandra right here at my piano. Chandra wrote this song together last year. Shaggy 
Thank you so much. Listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan, celebrating our 20th year of broadcast. Here's more from Low Cut Connie, live on Bill Street Caravan.
you so much. That was Low Cut Connie live on Beale Street Caravan. For more information on the band and that new release, Hi Honey, head over to lowcutconnie.com. Their new album, Hi Honey, it's out in the U.S. right now, and it hits the shelves in the U.K. on Friday, November 13th. That's going to be a good Friday the 13th. (laughs) Be sure to check out their tour dates. They're on the road and coming to an area near you soon. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're just not going to find programming like this anywhere else. We want to remind our listeners that you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use hashtag IListenToMemphis. Or keep up with us on our podcast at iTunes. Visit our website at BillStreetCaravan.com to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can find out where the caravan's going to be next. And if you can't meet us there, we'll be back right here next week, so we'll see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. (laughs) 